Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, July the 14th and we're reading from the big book on page 14, the fifth paragraph, while I lay in the hospital, ending with they in turn might work with others and we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Alice A., 12 Traditions, Kathy C., and readers of the text, Darlene H., Christina L., and Marge O. The reference numbers for Wednesday, July 13th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 19172, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19173. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. I will now ask Alice A. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Thank you. This is Alice A., recovered compulsive eater in Alabama, in stormy Alabama, I might add. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us, power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to our 
to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Alice A. And Kathy C. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Kathy. Kathy, press star one to unmute, please. Good morning, family. The 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Six, I'm sorry, seven, every OA group would to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name would never name what never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. My name is Kathy C. from New York, and I'm a grateful, covered, compulsive overeater. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Kathy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 14, the fifth paragraph, while I lay in the hospital. Ending with, they in turn might work with others, 
and we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. And Darlene H., could you read for us, please? Sure. Good morning, everybody. Recover, uh, Darlene H., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Georgia. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. So my first thought when I read this particular paragraph is, thank God. Thank God he had the thought that came to him. You know, um, in the paragraph before, you know, he's finding out he had this spiritual experience and things were happening for him. And now he's thinking about how can I help other people? And um, I'm incredibly grateful because, because of that thought. It has gone, you know, generation after generation of people helping people, helping people, and so on. And, and certainly somebody in this program, it took the time to help me. It also makes me think of, um, so I've been a member of and around and in and out of OA for 22 years. And back in 2018, I believe, um, I went to a big book step study weekend in um, in Georgia, and somebody from this meeting was presenting the big book, and I was still in the food, I or I was back in the food at the time, and I was definitely having a hard time. But the the thing I walked away from in that particular weekend, listening to the presenter talk about their experience and going through the book with us was that she reignited my passion to want to be of service to other people. I was so attracted to the fact that she was selflessly going through this book with other people and helping other people and the benefit that she was getting from that, that I wanted that. I wanted it bad. So, um, <laughs> took me a while to get there, but I, I, I did get there. And uh, I'm so grateful that I get to do this every day, too, with other people. Um, it definitely helps me to stay in the book when I'm helping other people. It definitely helps me to see when others are having struggles where I might have struggles. And it more than anything helps me when other people are becoming recovered and living beautiful lives and they're sharing that with me to keep the hope alive. Um, there's nothing more beautiful to me. I found my purpose and I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And with that, I'll, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Darlene. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Nancy P. Lisa N. Melissa K. Ken, Ken W. H. Peggy N. 
Lynn F. Okay, great. Let's just stop there for a second, and I'll tell you who I heard. Nancy P., Lisa N., Melissa C., Ken W. H., Peg W., I think, and Lynn F. Nancy P., could you start us off, please? Hi, good morning. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Let me just start my timer. This is Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. I love this paragraph. This paragraph is really step 12 in its purest form. You know, Bill's in the hospital. He's spiritually awake. He wants to carry the message to others. And just a couple of pages ago, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he didn't care about Abby's welfare and only wanted to drink openly. Now he's plotting ways to give others what he has so generously been given. And that's a clear indication of transformation. I was told by my sponsor to compare myself to Bill. Did I eat like Bill drank? Did I act like Bill acted? Did I think like Bill thought? Did I feel like Bill felt? And the answers were yes, 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 and yes. I was a trembling wreck when I dialed in, but I have not had to hurt myself with food since the first day that I dialed into this meeting. Um, But I wasn't done with pain And in fact, the worst of it was yet to come. Nothing in my life changed just because I put the food down, except for that. Um, You know, I still had my poor girl hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself up to a crisp. And I couldn't say it out loud to anyone in the beginning. I could hardly bear thinking it myself. And, you know, I was so, so ashamed that I didn't want that daughter because she was just so broken and so hurting and I couldn't fix it. And I was such a failure. But I did what I was told immediately and as hard as I could. I reached out to other people and I only talked about my recovery. But my recovery was manufactured by my pain. So, and I saw in that sense in real time how my pain could help others. Just like Bill saw that his life could benefit others. My agnosticism has helped others. My conception of whatever it is that takes care of me has helped others. And my experience, strength and hope helps others. The first recovered summer that I had, my daughter was in a hospital in a locked ward, and I called people the same way I used to eat. If I wasn't working, sleeping, or actively with my family, I was on the phone. I don't remember who I called. I don't remember really what I said other than that I didn't talk about that. Um, I didn't mention any of the stuff that was going on in my life, but those people saved me. That fellowshipping saved my sanity when all I wanted to do was cry and howl. And I didn't eat not so much as one bite. I didn't need to think about maybe I could help others as I'd been helped. Bill thought of that for me. That was a great idea, though, so I'll let you know if anything like it occurs to me. (laughs) Um, All I had to do was square my debt by carrying it forward. Step 12 is so packed with wonderfulness. I'm so grateful. I'm spiritually awake like Bill was. I carried the message and practiced the principles. In the very, very end, I do it because it's good for me. Step 12 is the brains of the whole thing, the jewel in the crown. It acts as a lens into the future, but simultaneously allows me to begin again and again and again. But the practical living result is the joy and light. I'll finish up. The joy and light that my life is made of today with every breath I take. Each day is more wonderful and amazing and fantastic than the one before. And there's only one way in. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Lisa N., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Lisa.
press star one to unmute, Lisa. I am sorry. I thought I had already done that. Pardon me. Um, good morning, and thank you, everyone. Um, I really love this um, because it, what I did right away is I pictured myself laying in a hospital bed or in a sick bed, and I thought, you know, that's what you're doing. Well, that's what I've done when I've laid in bed. I've thought about all the things that I wish I could do and because and I can't where I am, but what I look forward to being able to do and when I'm well. And, um, and I loved that he had that dream because it came true. And I believe that was a dream put in his heart by his higher power that he help people um, because he had been so freely helped that he wanted to do the same. And I, um, I recently got back into sponsoring and what I wanted to tell my sponsee right away was that, yes, we want to get you well for sure, but the whole point of it, the whole point of this program is to work with others and to help others, and you will find that that is what keeps you sane and abstinent and um, how that works so beautifully. Um, it, it has to be divine. So um, I guess that's all I have to say. Um, thanks, everybody, and I look forward to hearing other shares. Have a good day. Thank you, Lisa N. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Ken W.H. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um, I think what's really important in this paragraph is is the line, the thought came. You know, I, I think there are, like, crucial moments in Bill's story where there's, like, absolute evidence of God's existence. It, it's all over the place. It's like, to me, I think this is a pivotal moment because um, that thought came to him. It's not like he was sitting there thinking, how am I going to How am I gonna make sure that I don't go back out and drink again? How am I going to – it was like – no. And that is what it means to have a spiritual experience, that God enters our heart, you know, and, and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. And, and this, to me, is the miraculous point. You know, up until this point, Bill has been a pretty self-centered guy. Like, we read the story, and um, up until here, he's really focused on his success, his finances, his selfishness his health, the fact that, like, everything is getting destroyed, um, looking important, and not one moment before this do I ever see where it sounds like he's giving any thought to anybody else. And yet, you know, um, all of a sudden he has this thought comes to him, and it, I've had those moments where, all of a sudden, this thought comes to me, and I know it's not my thought. I know it has little to do with me and my wants and my needs and my desires or to keep me out of the food or anything. It's just all of a sudden this thought comes to me, and it usually for me happens like I think about someone whom I know, um, and I think, gosh, I think I'm supposed to reach out to them in the program or out of the program. And then, you know, my my truth is that selfishness returns and, and 
those thoughts are not my consistent thinkings in my brain. You know, probably 99 out of 100 other thoughts might go back to me, but I do get these thoughts, and I think that's that's what we're looking for here. That's the whole, here's where the whole story ends. You know, not ends, but entirely changes. And it becomes, you know, it becomes a beautiful story for all of us. And um, those are the moments that I pray for, that I ask for. That's why we pray and meditate in the morning, because we ask for inspiration. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Ken W.H., it's your turn, followed by Peg W. Welcome, Ken. Well, thank you, and good morning. Uh, so grateful to be here. Um, I think back to earlier in the story, uh, Bill talked about scales falling from his eyes, and I think this is the outcome of that is that after those scales had fallen off of his eyes like they fell off of mine, I saw things differently. I saw people differently, I saw the world differently, I saw life differently. And as a result of that, the spirit of the universe, as Bill mentioned or called it, as uh, as well as a number of other names, um, got busy and um, ran this thought through his mind. And it wasn't a thought that Bill probably was unaware of. Um, it, it is written elsewhere, uh, happy are the feet of those who bring good news. Well, Bill's feet were ready to get real happy, and uh, <laughs> happy feet, <laughs> I guess that was a movie. Um, and he was ready to, he was given the thought and the idea that I am so blessed right at this moment, I can't stand myself, and I got to tell somebody. Somebody else is going to benefit from this. And um, I'm not even sure that he was at that point thinking about that's what he had to do to stay sober. I think he was just so grateful for what he had received uh, just as a thought from uh, a power greater than himself, a spirit outside of himself, that he he just had to run and, and share the good news with somebody. Um, he was ready. He couldn't believe what had happened to him. And he was ready to share it. And, uh, boy, I'm so thankful he did because now I get to do the same thing and I get to have happy feet. Um, and I get to dance. I get to dance this dance with all of you and with any of those who are who are waiting on the sideline to have their, their dance card filled. Um, this will fill it. You come here and... <laughs> I found more people to to know and to get to know and to love than than I ever imagined. So thank you so much. It's great to be here, and I'm just I'm grateful the spirit moves so freely in Bill. I'll pass. Thank you, Ken W H. Peg W, it's your turn, followed by Lynn F. Good morning, Peg. Hi, this is Peg N from New York, and um. I I um I noticed that uh Bill didn't didn't even wait to get out of the hospital. This happened to him very early on. Um he was still in the hospital, still recovering himself and he was ready to work with others. And um and what I want to say about that is 
that is the saving grace of my program, <clears throat> to be able to help others and to be able to work with others. That is the way to keep my program alive and fresh. And it, I'm doing it not just for the person that I'm working with, but also for my <clears throat> to save my own skin, to keep my program alive <clears throat> and keep it fresh and new. And as the the person that I'm working with is going through the steps, I am working the steps with them as well. And that keeps our program alive and fresh and keeps and is the saving grace that keeps our program going. And that's the way to keep our program going. Thank you very much for letting me share. I look forward to hearing other people sharing. Thank you, Peg N. And Lynn F., it's your turn. Welcome, Lynn. Oh, thank you so much. Good morning, everyone, and thank you all on the line for your service today. This is Lynn F., Recovered in Pennsylvania. Um, when I read this paragraph, I am in awe at the miracle that it is, because um, I think of myself, I think of myself recovering from the food, and the very last thing in my mind when I'm in that state is other people. I am selfish and self-centered. Um, inherently. And when I'm recovering from food, when I'm recovering from anything, the last thing that comes to my mind is how can I help somebody? Because in that pain, I'm, my selfishness is just at an all-time high. So I'm just in awe of the miracle that Bill experienced here with the thought that came to him that he could help other people. And thank God it did, um, because it gives me a new way of thinking. It helps me open up and see that, yes, this is the way I'm supposed to think. This is what's going to help me um, continue to recover, uh, but it's not natural for me. Um, So the promises in the book and all the examples in the book of being altruistic and of being helpful are very much needed for someone like me that's programmed so inherently for selfishness. Um, but it is the bright spot. It is the thing that works. It is the um, the small, tiny thing that blows in the wind where I can help somebody, and then, and the big thing where I, you know, make time and um, to talk to another sponsee or to make myself available for a new a new um, person, you know, those are the the big ways and the small ways. And then on page 102, it tells me that my job is to be in a place where I can be of maximum helpfulness to others um, and never to hesitate to go anywhere if I could be helpful. And that is also revolutionary. That is not something I knew or experienced before recovery. And so recovery gives me a new way of thinking. So you know, if you're on the line and you're not there yet, don't worry. Like, this program is for you. If you are there, then great. You know, we're doing it together. We're trudging the program. But it just, these words give me a way to live that I never knew existed. And I'm grateful today to recover with you all one day at a time. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn F. For those of us who might have come on the meeting a little bit later, we are on page 14, the fifth paragraph, while I lay in the hospital, ending with, they in turn might work with others 
and we're reading that one paragraph only. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Carmela G. Donna K from Ohio. Janice PM. Rick J. Irene B. Anyone, anyone else? Okay. Line up Bobby. is Carmela G, Donna K, Janice PM, Rick J. Irene B, and there was somebody else who just spoke up. No? Okay. Carmela G, please go ahead. Sorry, Robin P. I thought I was unmuted. Robin P. Okay, thank you, Robin. Carmela G, the floor is yours. Thank you so much, Lynn. And thank you for everyone on the line for your shares or for listening. And My name is Carmela G, and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for this day. My power. Um, listening to the reading this morning and reflecting on it brought me back to my earlier days in disease prior to allowing my higher power to be my director, higher power that I call God, um, I thought of, wow, I was so selfish, so self-centered. And when I first called on the line, oh, I can't talk, oh, no, I'd get all red in the face, all nervous palpitations. And as I worked this program, The gift is that I can do nothing today unless I first listen to the directions of God. So when I'm sharing, I just pray that the words that I use to reflect on readings or when I take 10 steps are those of the words of guidance guidance. And when I'm asked to do service and and share, I don't think I open the book and that's the page that it is God wants me to focus on and reflect on that content. It is just such a gift to be out of self. And this step, Bill, having been sponsored by the main sponsor, is higher power. That's who sponsored Bill and gave him all those thoughts and the thoughts of service. If I'm low energy for some reason, when I work with my sponsees or answer a call and a question, that energy level soars. It's a renewal. And each of those small renewals are spiritual experiences. 
It's such a gift, and it's something that I'm grateful for every single day because that's what keeps me going, one foot in front of the other, one day at a time. I must stay spiritually fit and connected to my higher power that I call God. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Carmela G. Donna K., it's your turn, followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. Uh, uh, Donna K. from Ohio, uh, recovered uh, for today. Um, it was a wonderful section to read this morning. Um, what came for me from that paragraph was that um, those those thoughts, um, the intuitive thoughts that are, are coming along with from my recovery. And uh, it took me a while to be able to feel comfortable enough to, you know, to work with others. Um, I wasn't sure I would be able to do it right or do it perfectly. Uh, that really slowed me down. Um, but now that I've, you know, I have been sponsoring, you know, uh, I've sponsored longer now and have been sponsoring, and uh, it's just been a gift to go back and, and work my way through the big books, you know, with the sponsee. Um, it's been, um, I have an additional, uh, I don't know, and additional insights, you know, as I'm going through the big book, you know, with my sponsee and uh, recognize you know, the growth and the changes and the changes in perception. And um, it's been a gift. It's been a gift. And the fellowship has just uh, been a huge part of my recovery. So I'm very grateful. Really, uh, I don't know, wherever anyone is at, you know, I think it's right where I'm supposed to be at the time. And uh, and, and it's about acceptance, um, but taking the action. The action is key. But I had to give up the fight. <laughs> I had to give up the fight first. So anyway, thank you for letting me share, um, and I hope everyone has a good day. Thank you, Donna K. Janice PM, it's your turn, followed by Rick J. Welcome, <clears throat> Janice. And nice to hear you, NS, and good morning to everyone. <clears throat> My name is Janice PM. I'm recovered compulsive overeater living in Massachusetts. Well, you know, uh, this goes to show you, well, it went to show me, and I've read this paragraph for years, but I've had an experience in November, and, um, you know, like Bill, I I had the same experience. Uh, We know that Bill had a vital, you know, spiritual experience, and, of course, my experience has been, you know, uh, the to go into the steps was a long time, gradual. However, I had, I was in the hospital in this past November. And if anybody has um, had a knee replacement or a broken humerus in their arm, we know how painful it is. I mean, painful. I was in a rehab after the hospital. I had this um, uh, lady uh, next to me, and uh, she had her son. You know, he was an adult. And, uh, you know, she was so emotionally unstable. The poor woman must have been in excruciating pain mentally and physically. And, you know, I couldn't sleep at night. But, but, you know, 
like like it's been said with these wonderful shares, the spirit moves freely, and it just came to me. You know, this this son of his sounds hers sounds like a um, a friend of Bill's, and um, I don't know. It just came to me. It was an opportunity, and I asked him, and he said yes. And I said, would you like to? you know, pray that maybe we can get a night's sleep, you know, with your mother. And um, it, it was just amazing. Uh, you know, I was, I got the courage and it didn't, it just came service to others. You know, like Bill, I was the most selfish, self-centered to the extreme. Always wanted what I wanted and I'm making changes with my, but my attitude was so changed. I wasn't thinking, and I was in excruciating pain, but the poor woman was keeping me up at night and I said, let's pray. So we did a little healing pray. Do you know that that night was the first night that we slept? I mean, God works, my God, my higher power works wonders. And it just so happened that, uh, you know, she'd wake up once and want to eat and this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I wanted to scream and run out of the window, uh, go out of the window. But, you know, she was moved. She had to go back into the hospital. She would be biting nurses and everything. But uh, for three days, I was at peace (laughs) in my rehabilitation room. And, you know, that's because... The service, service, the thought of service to others. It happens. And look who was helped, mostly. I'm it sweet. was me. And with that, I intuitively knew, thank you, I heard you, Lynn, and I'm going to stop now. I had inspiration. I made a decision. And I wasn't in self-pity. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice P.M. Rick J., it's your turn, followed by Irene B. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Um, Thank you so much for your service. My name's Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Love this paragraph. And, um, you know, the thought came. And I was thinking about the contrast of of thinking, you know, from this um, spiritual awakening that, uh, that Bill had in the hospital you know, and, and his thinking. And, you know, I was looking and there is a solution on that paragraph that, um, you know, it says here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. You know, and I was, I was just thinking about that, like in, you know, more about alcoholism, you know, we got uh, Jim and Fred and, and the thoughts that came to their mind, you know, from where they were at, you know, in their addiction is suddenly the thought crossed my mind that if I were to put an ounce of whiskey in my milk, it couldn't hurt me on a full stomach, you know, and, and Fred, you know, the thought that came to his mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner. That was all nothing more, you know, and Bill with the spiritual awakening, the thought came to his mind that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given them and given me. And then perhaps I could help some of them, 
And I love this one, the icing on the cake, and they in turn might work with others. I mean, and that is this, you know, talk about, you know, huge, um, you know, like rearrangements and thoughts that, um, you know, completely new ones that are that are coming in. And that for me is is the connection with a higher power. That's that's the God of my understanding at work doing for me what I could never do for myself. These thoughts would not come to my mind. It would be, you know what, that uh, you know that candy bar looks awesome, and then just eat it. You know, I mean, knowing what was going to happen. I mean, those are the kind of thoughts that came to my mind, and I just love that. You know, laying on a hospital bed, the thought that came to that mind laying there, you know, was the beginning of everything we've all experienced here. And I'm just very grateful with that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. Irene B., it's your turn, followed by Robin C. Please go ahead, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., um, recovered bulimic in Louisiana you know wanting to share the recovery with others wanting to scream the good news um, I love what I heard about happy feet it does make me feel good to be the deliverer of of good news I don't like to deliver bad news but I love to deliver good news and um, for me, I wanted, I thought bulimia was something I was never, ever, ever going to recover from. Four inpatient, four outpatient treatment centers. First treatment center, they, they had to let me go because the insurance would only cover to 28 days. Another hospitalization, another, and then the last hospitalization, long term. They had to let me go when my insur- my lifetime insurance benefits expired at $1 million. That's why I was no longer able to go to treatment centers because I didn't have insurance anymore because I was the, ho- the most hopeless of hopeless variety of an eating disorder. And prior to being bulimic, I was a compulsive overeater. So I did the yo-yo dieting thing. I did that. Uh, I became a compulsive overeater at age six. And then I started losing and gaining weight the yo-yo way at age 14. At age 18, I became bulimic. And there, that's all bets were off. I was hooked for 40 years. And um, I want to scream at the top of the of my lungs the the things that I did learn in the treatment centers that helped me with my crazy thinking. I did not know that my thinking was a problem. And the big book says that the crux of the problem is in our thinking. I believe that. I have the allergy of the body. And what really gets me is the obsession of the mind that comes also from the crazy thinking, absolutely crazy thinking. And I want to deliver the good news and I want to work with people but I, I feel like uh, I'm so not relatable, that I am so different that people simply cannot relate to me. And um, and that's a very defeated attitude. But it doesn't matter 
I'm going to keep trying because that's where, for me, that's where recovery is. And to me, recovery is happiness. I'm not looking for happiness, but that's the outcome. That's the byproduct of recovery is is happiness, is joy, is serenity. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Irene B. Robin P., it's your turn, followed by Dana G. Good morning, Robin. Thanks so much for your service. Hi, I'm Robin P. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, usually in Costa Rica, currently in Dallas, Texas. And, um, you know, I just love this 12-step paragraph because it just sums it up for me. You know, no matter what's going on, uh, <laughs> and, and that I'll be able to help others, and then they'll be able to help others. And what was so freely given to me, I get to pass on, and then they get to pass it on, and so on and so on. And that's how millions of people have been helped around the globe. And, um, you know, uh, and it's one person at a time. And I always think of the starfish, you know, that story of the little boy who was throwing starfish back into the ocean. And a man came up to him and said, why are you doing that? There's thousands of starfish out here. You're never going to be able to make a difference. And he picked one up and he said, it makes a difference for this starfish. And he threw it in the water. And um, I'm so grateful to be one of those starfish. Uh, and and I know that some of my favorite moments of my day are when I'm helping someone else and just getting out of self. And, uh, you know, we came here, my husband and I came here uh, to Dallas because this is a top surgeon and I need to have a surgical the surgery and I um there were some changes that came up the day before in the pre-op and oh my gosh, a lot of new information and uh it, we decided it was better for me to postpone a couple of weeks and just um be and I just get to do my spiritual work so that I'm spiritually ready um and I'm usually on the later meeting I do a service on the later meeting and i um, but I'm up really early this morning, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to share, even though I don't really, I'm not part of this meeting usually. And I'm so grateful to be on it, and um, I'm so grateful for my abstinence and recovery today. And I just get to stay in service and surrender all of this to God. It feels very overwhelming to me. And one day at a time, I will do everything I learned in this program to be ready and, and to be spiritually fit. And um you know, my husband and I are coming up with a game plan of everything I can do to make sure that I am spiritually ready for this. And um, I'm so grateful for all of these tools I've learned in this program, and I get to practice it in all of my affairs. So God bless everybody with a very blessed, abstinent day. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Robin P. Dana G., it's your turn. Welcome, Dana. Was that Dana P? Okay, sure. Hey, hey, thanks so much uh, for hearing me. I've had trouble with the muting and unmuting in the last three days. So, um, yeah, thank you for hearing me. The thing that really hits me this morning with this paragraph, and the last three paragraphs really will, more than that, is that this word suddenly, you know, and Bill's been in on his journey uh, through the steps and they're not the 12 steps that we're familiar with it's the Oxford steps because that's how Ebby got um, his recovery through the Oxford steps but they parallel our steps and um, what 
what is so profound is how quickly this occurred for Bill. And he had this spiritual awakening in the paragraph before um, and prior to that, um, his making making restitution is how the uh, how the Oxfords called it restitution. And prior to that, you know, our six and seven recognizing these defects of character. And that's what he looked at through his fourth step, his inventory, as they talk about it and telling it to another person. So he's gone through this quickly. I mean, he's still laying in that hospital bed. And I know detox is five days. So, you know, he did this really quickly. And just like alcoholic number three, quickly, six hours, you know, they up in the bedroom. Um, so he did this quickly. Um, and that, so the suddenly that he's talking about is the thought came to me. Suddenly this thought came to me. Well, he's completely unblocked. He's gone past his quote unquote defects. And it's not anything he did. He recognized them and he said, okay, I'm powerless even over these, my defects of character. And that word defect means to turn away. So when I'm living and entertaining, if you will, my character defects, living with them and entertaining them, I'm turning away from God and his kids. I'm defecting um, and I'm defective. Uh, And the amazing thing about this is that sudden thought that came to him is the still small voice. And where does that come from? Being completely unblocked from the higher power. It didn't come from him. It came through him, that thought to uh, start the step 12 work. I mean, how amazing is that? So I'm just really grateful for the understanding that how much clarity comes in working these steps quickly and staying with it. You know, I mentioned um, the other steps, but step 10, you know, that continued um, inventory on a daily basis, moment by moment basis, really, um, and staying connected with the higher power. So, yeah, what was said in the beginning, so this is the pure form, step 12 in pure form. I love that. So here we are, step 12. Uh, Thanks so much for hearing me, and I'm going to pass. Lynn, we can't hear you. Lynn, star one, please. Star one, please. Lisa, maybe you muted your phone, your actual handheld phone. Lynn? We may have lost Lynn. Can no, she's, I think she's on. She just needs, she's on, she's muted on her phone, I think. Or. Well, she's not hearing us. Yeah. Ken, you're during the second hour. Are you able to take the meeting to an end? Sure. It's 7.50 now, so I think we should go ahead and take it to an end.
Okay. Uh, was there anybody else on the list? I wasn't following that closely. I don't believe so. So um, <clears throat> I guess we've reached the end. Um, let me see if I can uh, get myself together here. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Lynn. That's funny. Um, thank you all for uh, staying uh, relaxed and <laughs> um, giving me a chance here to get myself back together. Um, I think, I, I guess the point um, we need um, is one more, it, I got one more share. <laughs> I'm looking at the time and I there's one more share time. Does anybody want to take that? Donna T. Okay, Donna, go ahead and, and finish us out there and then we'll move into the closing. Hi, this is Donna G, a compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Um, recovered by God's grace and mercy and um, keyword recovered, <laughs> um, rescued, recovered. Um, I, I, I hear this reading and I, I love it so much. And for sure, one of the most selfish people I've ever known in my entire life is me. <laughs> However, you know, what has been coming to me lately is that, you know, my higher power, who I choose to call God, he he did rescue me and he did recover me and my heart was an unselfish heart when when I when I uh, came into this world and uh, it was you know it was a good heart and it it is a good heart and it's you know it is my disease that that got all that uh, muddied up and lost and you know and um, and yet I am you know at my core I am I am a a person who has a good heart. I, I'm a, I have a loving heart. And it's so good to feel uh, back home again with it and to feel that I am in a, alignment with my creator um, because I do believe I was created with a good heart. And, um, you know, I just I just thank my higher power who is the best heart surgeon out there um, who, who could take the most selfish person I've ever known and, and turn me into somebody, again, not always, not even close to always. I love what an earlier person said about, you know, whatever, a hundred out of a hundred, not maybe 99. But to, but, but to have that heart that is genuine and wants to do for others is something I'm so, so grateful for. It's one of the best things about my recovery. So thank you for letting me share that. What a great opportunity. And, and I hope uh, everyone has a very serene um, day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Donna, for taking us out. At this time, um, I thank everyone for sharing. And now we will close the meeting with a reading from the big book on uh, page 164. And Marjo, I believe you have that reading for us today. Nope, that's actually Christina L. Hi, um, Kendra. I am the backup person, so I believe the person um, checked in. Okay, Christina, you're on. <laughs> no problem. Thanks so much for stepping in there, Ken. Uh, uh, good morning. This is Christina L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is so sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.